Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Well, happy Mother's Day. I'd like to um, talk to you today about a tale of two moms. We'll be looking at this incredible story. Uh, with King Solomon. We'll look at that. But before we do, I'd just like to talk about moms just a little bit and honor you. Uh, because actually, right now, in culture, we've done a really good job of downgrading a mom and downgrading a dad. I don't know why we set out to do that. And uh, so I want to do my part just to thank mom really good uh, today. And, and I want to make a statement, too, because for a couple decades now, Every single commercial that you see on TV is downgrading dad or a, a man, making men look stupid. And uh, just about everything that you see being pushed um, really downgrades the role of motherhood. As if somehow being a mother is an obstacle to fulfillment. And it's the craziest thing because the moms I know, they will wade through all kinds of chaos to take care of their children. And I'm just so thankful for that. But let me just say this right off the bat today. Masculinity is not toxic and femininity isn't weakness. I just want to say that. Say that with me, would you? That's that's good. Say it here really good and strong. Masculinity isn't toxic and femininity isn't weakness. Everywhere in nature that you look, when you see mom, you see protection and you see cover. In fact, you might mess with a male grizzly bear, but whatever you do, don't mess with a mama bear. I know that. And if you, if you want to get in trouble, you mess with my wife's children. And you are going to get the papa bear, but I promise you, you're going to get the mama bear too. The last thing femininity is, is weakness. I want to read a little bit from Irma Bombeck. Uh, when God created mothers. Now, I'm not saying this is doctrine, but this is good. When the good Lord was creating mothers, he was into his sixth day of overtime. When the angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one, God said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic, have 180 movable parts, all replaceable run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lap that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love affair, and six pairs of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pairs of hands, no way. It's not the hands that are causing me problems, God remarked. It's the three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. That's on the standard model, asked the angel. God nodded. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another here in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know. And of course, the ones in front of her that can look at a child when he goofs up and says, I understand and I love you without so much as uttering a word. God said, the angel touching his sleeve gently, Get some rest tomorrow. 
I can't, said God. I'm so close to creating something, so close to myself. Already I have one who heals herself when she's sick, can, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger, and can get nine-year-olds to stand under a shower. The angel circled the model of a mother very slowly. It's too tough. It's too, it's too soft, the angel sighed, but tough, said God excitedly. You can imagine what this mother can endure. Can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran a finger across the woman's cheek. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much into this model. It's not a leak, the Lord said. It's a tear. Aren't you thankful for the tears and the hard work and the love of all of our moms today? Now let me throw some facts to you about moms. This comes straight from Pew Research. Um, Moms average age of giving birth has, has gone up a good bit uh, in the last couple decades by, by about two and a half years. Now the average age of the first birth that a mom gives is uh, about 27 and a half or so. And I, I believe this is for a number of reasons. I'm not going to get into it. It's not really relevant other than to point out, of the, out the fact that how important a godly mom is. I do believe that motherhood has been downgraded. The nuclear family has been downgraded. One of the most shrewd tactics we have seen in generations has recently happened as unbiblical ideologies came along and married themselves to good, um, productive civil rights movements that made incredible changes over the last few decades and then marrying those together had the stated goal of downgrade, uh, of destroying, deconstructing the nuclear family. And I thought, how in the world did these ideologies that destroy the family come along with something that's been so needful and impactful uh, for our country? But in doing so, we have people that, that don't want to get married, don't have children. And then now we wonder why it is that some of the most depressed, anxious people are people who intentionally avoided family as they come into an age where they're looking back and kind of doing assessments on their lives. The number of children women have in the U.S. have fallen um, from from about three, a little over three, to about two. Moms spend more time with their children than dads do. Maybe you didn't know that. I noticed Um, the amount of time moms spend with their children is higher when the children are younger. But even in teenage years, 13 to 17-year-olds, women still spend a little, the mothers still spend a little more time with the children than the dads do. Of course, the time drops, which is also natural because the job of a mother and a father is to prepare their children to launch out on their own. Mothers report taking on more childcare responsibilities than their husband does. And I like this part. While fathers are more likely to say they split it about even. I like, I like that. Moms are more likely than dads to say being a parent is harder than they expected. 
even though about 66% of moms say that, 58% of dads say that. Listen, there's nothing as hard as raising children. There's nothing quite as rewarding as raising children. It's a pinnacle of your life, the most rewarding and also the most grievous thing that you do. And you just wonder one day, will the kids ever take out the trash? It's another story. But by far the vast majority, according to Pew Research, a vast, vast majority, almost all, of mothers find being a parent enjoyable and rewarding. And then lastly, Pew Research found that being a parent is one of the key personality markers, key characteristics of identity. And that's true because once you're a mom, you're always a mom. So I thank God today. I thank God for the maternal instinct that God has placed in our mothers. Thank you for your work. And I want to say to the moms, I want to, let me say this to the dads too. One of the greatest things you will ever do in your life is raise a child. It's better than any business you can build. It's, it's better than any invention you can make, any book you can write, any significant thing you can do in the community. In fact, you never know what your own child may do. So be encouraged today. And I just want you to hear, I know you'll hear it from a number of people today, but I just want you to hear from me today. Thank you, moms, for all that you do to love Jesus and to love your family. You are one of the greatest blessings this world has ever had. One more time, Pathway Church, bless our mom. Now here's, here's some trivia. Because we got some little kids, they know everything, and I'm not even kidding. They can stump just about anybody. Did you know that mothers, and almost all mothers, uh, human and animal alike, almost always carry their child on their left side. Interesting thing you think about it. They say it's probably because of the side your brain thinks on and helps you to identify with your child on an emotional basis. And studies also find that your children like it that way. So if your left bicep got a little bit stronger when those babies were little, now you know why. Another little quick thing, and I'm going to move on from this, but mommy brain is a real thing. It's a real thing. So and what it is is your body has chosen to put all of its resources into caring, caring for that baby. So if you forgot the car keys, if you forgot the purse, if you got, forgot where the car parked, if you forgot a bill, if you forgot somebody's birthday, everybody will get over it. You're doing the best thing in the world, doing what you're doing, being a mom. And we love you. We love you. Would you go with me to 1 Kings chapter 3? We're going to start in verse 16. And this is a story of two moms. There's some complexity in these moms. And, and this is, maybe it'll speak to all of us today because even the most perfect moms I've ever met in my life carry guilt from something that they've done. And everything has to be perfect. But I just know this, is that life isn't perfect for any of us. So shake off whatever it is you've done. Mom, 
on your worst day, you're still better than the kids. <laughs> Not going to talk about dad because I like that guy. <laughs> First Kings chapter two, chapter three, verse 16. Sometime later, two prostitutes who were moms. Another translation says harlot. There are some who argue that this word is better uh, translated as innkeeper. You know, really, I just prefer to stick with the majority belief in what this uh, translation says, that these two moms were prostitutes. One, I just, wanted, I just want to go ahead and leave that there, one, because it's the word of God. <laughs> right? It's the word of God. The, the Bible is the word of God, and we believe it. But it's also good to have stuff like in there because if God can use complicated people, there's hope for us. Now, these two prostitutes come to the king to have an argument uh, settled. Please, my lord, one of them uh, began, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave a birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. It was my house. And, and she was staying in the house. And then three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house, but her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night, took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid the dead child in my arms and took mine beside her. And in the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw this wasn't my son at all. Now, can we just stop and say what a terrible situation this is? awful. Let me make another observation. How is it that two prostitutes find themselves able to gain access to King Solomon's court? That's a pretty extraordinary thing right there as it is. But here they are. You know, let me just pause just for a second and just say here in this story that King Solomon is a picture of our God. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how you failed, no matter where you came from, no matter what your name is, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, we have access to the throne of God. And we can come right into him. And, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. I think this is also the reason, not only that the king is in his court, but this is the other reason that the king left his court to be born in a manger. Because if our God could be born in a manger, then there is also hope for us. Not only can we go to God in the palace, but our God will come out of the palace and he'll come and find us. I love that today. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Well, the other woman interrupted. It, it, certainly, it certainly was your son and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine and the dead one is yours. So they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. And each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring a sword. Bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and get half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother. <clears throat> Let the real mothers please stand up. 
I, I, I got to pause here. And I, I have to say, there are a lot of imposters in this world today. And it's not that our moms are great on their own. They do amazing things, but they, they cannot, we cannot reinvent what God has made perfect. We cannot improve on what God has done. We cannot second guess what he has done. Listen, the best way that you can be a great mom or a great dad is do what the Bible says. You know, I've been running by this uh, Bible as an acronym, basic instruction before leaving earth, but somebody told me that this actually came from a prisoner who came out of, uh, out of prison after having been fully immersed in his, in his Bible. I guess it was, uh, you know, jailhouse uh, salvation is what they call it. But man, he got into the word of God and he said, no, holy Bible. He only left you basic instructions before leaving earth. I thought that's good. But let me tell you, God put on the inside of the man that he created and on the inside of the woman that he created some instincts that are just there. They're like fingerprints. It's like a blueprint. It's genetic. It's instinctive. Nobody has to tell a mom to stick up for her baby. It's just in the design. It's in the model. And so when King Solomon says, bring me a sword, I'm going to divide the living baby in two. Then the real mother stands up, the one who loved them very much. It was only just a few days old. Maybe, maybe this baby was now three months old. I, I don't know. I don't know how long it took for the case to get all the way to the Supreme Court but I know that the baby wasn't a teenager. I know the baby wasn't a toddler. I know that the baby, you know, wasn't a graduate. Solomon said, bring me a sword and I'll divide the, say it with me, the baby, the baby in two. And so the mom says, oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Give the fake mom the child. Give the imposter the child. Give the thief the child, the kidnapper the child. Give the child to the wrong woman, but whatever you do, let the baby live. That's what the, that's what the mom says. And let me just tell you, there are praying moms in Pathway Church at all of our campuses that are crying out to the Lord right now as some fake, some imposter, some pop cultural lie, some group of friends in school, so, some, some uh, peers in the workplace that have co-opted the minds of the baby that God gave them. And let me tell you, mom, to the prayer moms, you go into the throne of God and you hit your knees and you cry out, God, let the baby live. And let me tell you what the Bible says, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it avails much. I had a, I had a Bible professor tell me when I was school, he, in school, he, he said that prayer changes the way that we see things like it helps us to be psychologically adjusted. Yes, that's true. But let me tell you, let me just go to the Bible and tell you, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. And, and let me tell you, I, I want to I bring some relief because some of your kids, 
they've gone wild, they've gone crazy, they're out of communication with you, or they're talking to you, but they're not respecting you, they don't listen to you anymore. Listen, if they're in your house, you can enforce that. You can enforce that. You feed them, you clothe them, you house them, you can make their life miserable in the name of Jesus. Pastor, I don't think we should be mean. Let me tell you, the meanest thing a mom or dad can do is to fail to discipline their children. The Bible tells us that the Lord chastises those whom he loves. That's why it's true when my daddy would say, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I'm going, not in the same place. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What is it? What is it? Listen, if your discipline will cause your son or daughter to be saved, is there anything that you would withhold from them? Oh, it's just so, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard, man. It is challenging, man. If you can parent your kids, you can face down any Wall Street banker, any D.C. lawyer, any Brooklyn mafioso, There's nobody you can't face down. Listen, kids are born attorneys. They're born with a law degree. They can argue their way in or out of anything. Can I get an amen? Is there anybody? It's like, pastor, that is the truth. That's the truth. And listen, if they ever beat you in an argument, just say, look, I don't care what you said. You better do it. I brought you in this world. I will take you out of this world. I'll never forget the time my dad... I'm about to get a whoop, and my dad said, son, you better go on outside. I don't want to get blood on your mama's carpet. <laughs> no, he, he actually never said that to me, but it's a good line when I'm preaching. But it was really close, though. You know, you've had those situations. One time my dad gave me one of the worst spankings that I got, and I told my dad, I said, I didn't even do anything wrong. That was Philip. And he's, later he said, you know, I think you're right. That was Philip. But I owed you so many whoopings that you got away with. The time that my dad told me, son, when you get home, just go on into the bathroom. Because that's where some of the action took place there, you know. I went in the bathroom and I sat in there for like three hours. He forgot. And I sat there, you know, three hours of dread. Because my dad did not, (laughs) he did not pull punches when it came to giving a spanking. I never wanted to cry for my dad when he gave me a spanking because I wanted him to know I was too old for that. And to my mom, happy Mother's Day, mama. I always would cry for my mom because I wanted her to know she did a good job. (laughs) Because my dad was going to come home later. Use all the tools. Use all the tools. And you're using the tools. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying you got a friend in me. If you're feeling bad over some discipline you brought to your kids, you keep doing that. And I'll tell you, your kids will get to a point. Look, there's a point where your kids think you're the strongest people in the world. And then there's a point where they think you don't know anything. Is that true? But they grow out of it and they'll look back, they'll look back. And they'll say, thank you for loving me enough to tell me what I need to do. Thank you, for loving, thank you for loving me enough not to let me go out with that boy. Not to let me go out with that girl. How did you know? 
I just knew. You weren't ready. It wasn't time. Thank you for not letting me do things that all my other friends were doing and go places that all my other friends were going. It was terrible at the time. But thank you for helping me miss out on so much difficulty. The real mother stands up and says, let the child live. Please don't kill him. But the imposter, the other woman said, all right, he'll be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live. She is the mother. When, When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. I want to tell you I'm in awe of the king, and I am in awe of the mothers that the king created, that they would so jealously protect their children, even to the point of letting their children go off into a life that they did not agree with, that they do not want, but remains faithful to God, to the king, and faithful to the child. Let let me give you a little something else here, okay? Because your kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave you and have left you. And I want to say, if you have come to the point where you have released your children off into life, regardless of how life is going for your children, I want to say well done to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your heart. And thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being who God called you to be. And also thank you for standing on the promises of the Lord that said if we will train up a child in the way they should go, then when they're old, they won't depart from it. There may be a middle ground. There may be a season where things are very difficult. On this Mother's Day, you be encouraged because you're partnered with the most wise and powerful king. And in time, he will pull the veil off of the eyes of the children and off of the imposters so that they can see who the real mom is and the real king is. Here's what I'm believing. That God has raised up a church that has a legacy of gospel work and gospel service and families have been blessed and people have been blessed. And even if where your family is not where you want it to be at the moment, God is not done with your story. And I'm so glad to say as awesome as moms are, as awesome as dads are, as awesome as the church is, I thank God that the most awesome, most powerful, most wise, all-knowing, all-seeing, ever-present God is in control even when we're not. Amen. You know, would you go ahead and and come? Let, Let me just encourage you with this today, that your past does not disqualify you from presence and from an audience with the king. You can stop punishing yourself for the mistakes that you've made. You can take it easy on yourself because what's in your past, listen to me, that's water under the bridge and that water will never flow under that bridge again. And for you to relitigate mistakes that you have made, listen, God has forgiven you 
you can move on. You can move forward. What do I do, pastor? What you do is you do the next right thing. You do the, but pastor, I was not in the house of the Lord when my kids were small. You don't worry about that. You start where you are. You partner with God now and you watch him invoke his promises and his power on the life of your heart, your family, your children, and your neighbors. And I want to say this also to our young people today that are, that are in the kingdom of God, in the, in the family of God, and, and your family isn't. Let me say to the, to the wife that is in the family of God, but your husband isn't. Nothing has disqualified you from the, having audience with God. And nothing has disqualified your spouse or your parent or your children from having audience with God. Here's what I believe, is that your heart and your life with Christ will provide access for them to come into relationship with the Lord. So you be encouraged, don't quit. Don't get tired, don't get weary in well-doing. Love God, love your family. let's see what God won't do. You're qualified to be in the presence of God. The cry of the godly is let the child live. On this Mother's Day, I just want the whole world to know that mothers and fathers, friends and neighbors, sons and daughters, grandparents, it is our heart that the children live. Let me tell you, I'm more committed today than preaching on kingdom family and on the kingdom of God and the word of God. God's word is true, all other words are lies. The only way any other word can be true is if it agrees with the word of God. And there are a lot of lies today. Listen, it has never been more important for mothers and fathers to be in the house of the Lord. Let me just say, Dads, there's no better place that you can be than in the house of the Lord. Not just on Mother's Day, but next Sunday. You want to see your children do well? Get them in the house of the Lord. Get them in the house of the Lord. Get the house of the Lord into them. Let the child live. Let them live. Let them, let them, let them play ball. Let them play ball. Let, let them go to school, but let them live. Get them in the house of the Lord. Help them to be socially adjusted. Help them to have good friends but get him in the house of the Lord. Get him in the word of God. In his word, meditate day and night, because if you will, you will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that will bring forth fruit in due season. You will reap if you don't faint, but you gotta get in the word of God and get in the house of God. Pastor, how do I get my kids to live? We can't just show up with emergency prayers. We gotta be triaging our family every day, educating our family every day sharing the gospel with them every day and not just bringing them to the preacher or the youth pastor or the children's pastor, but you be the pastor of your home and the minister of your home. Let the children live. God gave us fathers and mothers so children would live. There is no success without a successor. We are one generation away from seeing the kingdom of God explode here on the earth or collapse. Now the kingdom of God ain't gonna collapse, but your family might. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
in the Johnson family as it is in heaven. Come on, say that with me. You put your name in there. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the Johnson family as it, as it is in heaven. Let the children live. Go ahead and stand with me, please. And the last thing I wanna say is that the king can be trusted. Say that with me. The king can be trusted. Say, I can trust the king. Come on, really good. I can trust the king. The king can be trusted. He has all power. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Are things perfect? Nope. 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 Mother's Day is a really wonderful day. It's also a very difficult day. To the women in the church that you've tried to have babies and you can't have babies, God bless you. Jesus is still on the throne. He's still on the throne. To mothers and fathers who have had abortions or who have participated in abortions or who have funded abortions and your trust is in Jesus Christ and you know God has forgiven you, hey, Jesus is still on the throne. He's still on the throne. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. To the father and mother that have failed, you made mistakes. Jesus is still on the throne. We're saved by Jesus. We're saved by Jesus. He's good. To moms and dads who have experienced great loss on this Mother's Day, I bless your life. I bless you. I bless you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. One day, these tears, they will be wiped away. And everything that is so heavy to us today, let me tell you, God will redeem. And I'm thankful for that. Tale of two mothers, the greatest tale of these two mothers is that God loves us and he loves the little children and he loves the family and he loves his creation and it is his heart that all of us be redeemed, saved and transformed. He loves you today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you today for your goodness and your mercy that you would love us. Lord, even in our complexity, Lord, if you would love two prostitutes, one who was a good mother and one who was a thief, a kidnapper, a robber, a murderer. Lord, thank you that no matter who we are, where we come from, you have a plan for our life and you'll speak to our life. You'll change us, you'll transform us. We love you today. We bless you today. Lord, I pray that you'd touch the hearts and lives of your people on this great Mother's Day. Lord, I bless you for moms. I bless you for the women that we're so grateful to have in our life. Lord, I thank you for the senior moms in the church that they're biological mothers, but they have adopted spiritual sons and daughters and spiritual granddaughters and grandsons. God, I pray that you would raise up a praying generation, Father, that would know no generational bounds, no, no age. Father, I pray that you would do something even more incredible in our lives than what you already have. Father, I pray that you would touch us today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.